Welcome to the Manager Tools Members Only Cast. Today's topic, the John Luck Interview, Part 3 of 3. Hi everyone, this is Mike, and welcome back to the Members Only Cast. Today, Mark and I conclude our conversation with John Lucht, the author of Rites of Passage. If you haven't listened to parts one and two, well, you know what to do. All right, here we go. For a young manager, 22, 23, 24 uh-huh. years old, sees him or herself as a future executive, sure. wants to w- w- wants to be smart about his early career. You work, you've worked for many, many years with people at the top of their careers. When you so so not just about recruiting, but when you look when you look at the kind of folks who you've placed over the years, and you go back and look at their early careers, what are the kind of things that they do? What choices do they make? What do you see as common themes? And from the ages of say. 20 to 28, when they're just starting out and maybe they're an individual contributor and then they become a manager? What are the things you see over and over again? Well, you know, one thing that um, I think you don't see that often, you don't see a perfect uh, trajectory that goes step by step from here to where you want to be. I'm nervous about these politicians who have wanted to become the leader of the free world and have thought about it from college and have and taken every step right. their whole yeah. career to get there, uh, sometimes uh, destiny is thrown on people who were not seeking it, right. but they performed very well. Uh, in, in any event, um, the young person will think, now I will never get to where I want to go if I don't have a plan. And, and you know, I agree with that. That's absolutely true. You should have a plan. Put yourself, if you want to be an investment banker, get in the investment banking business. <laughs> don't, go to the, don't go to the... Casino uh, business, yeah. Right, or the expeditions and, and mm-hmm. um, you know, pleasure cruises and so on. <laughs> Stuff that you might want to do. Don't become a water ski instructor in the marina. <laughs> of course not. But at the same time, don't necessarily think that your best opportunities are going to come... Uh, just one after another, logically. Right. We, we, we happen to be, but we're both West Pointers, of course, and, and, and President Eisenhower is a West Pointer, and President Eisenhower once said, I want to say he said it when he was a general, he said, he said planning is everything, but plans are nothing. <laughs> and, and I see young people uh-huh. that tell me, Mark, here's my plan. Uh-huh. And I and, and I look at it, and, and I've had the same experience you have, where I look at executives and CEOs and presidents and EVPs and SVPs, when I look at their backgrounds, they have twists and turns. Oh. They have family situations. They have, they have. Uh, uh, you know what? I think this other industry is going to be hot. And then they go to Silicon Valley for two years, and then they're there during the right. bust, and they have to come back. Right. And, 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 and in fact, I often tell people, almost every CEO I know got fired one point in his well, or her career. Well, that's something that's absolutely true. I have yeah. been. Yeah, I don't know. Me you, too. Have Me you? too. Oh, really? absolutely. I thought, you know, having come out of the military. Oh, you... no. After I left the military, I was a recruiter and uh-huh. uh, walked in one day and got fired. And um, that's why I'm here today. So, uh, uh, Well, that, that brings up uh, uh, another question, though. Okay. And that is how do people handle that? Uh, you know, mm. what if I, you see them get nervous and sweaty. 
and they can't deal with it, come up with some kind of a statement. You know it's going to come up. You know yeah. it's going to. You can't ignore it and and not prepare for it. Uh, just because it's an unpleasant episode, and and yeah. because you, so you you should be prepared to answer. Yeah, I, and <laughs> you should be prepared to present it in the context of a logical decision that may have been made by the people who let you go, downsized sure. you, that doesn't reflect on your not being so good, uh, that leaves you relatively undamaged, and leaves them well spoken of. Uh, rather than R- rather than vilified, and there are yes, some people exactly. who say, "Well, in order to protect myself, I'm going to blame them," which right. of course then implies something terrible about them for the next. Yeah, it's a hor- I-, I tell people, John. I've told many, many people. In fact, a friend of mine had had it happen to him a couple of years after I got fired, and he said to me, "He says, you know, I got to talk to you. I got fired, and you don't seem to be affected terribly much." And he says, "I want to know what you did." I said, "Well, let me tell you something." And I asked this fellow. He'd gotten fired about a week before. Uh-huh. We sat down for lunch, and I said, "Does your wife know?" And he was stunned that I would ask that. I said, "Believe me, there are guys, there <laughs> oh, are young there men and women really who, are who, that don't there are people sitting in these interior parks or sitting in hotel lobbies, right. sitting in train stations, right? Thinking their family is thinking they're at work and they don't, and they're thinking, well, I got to figure out what and am I doing? Imagine, imagine what a draining thing, uh, that, how yeah. emotionally damaging that is to the person." Yeah. Yeah. You know. So I tell everybody, I would look, if you've gotten fired, it's okay. What you do is you look somebody in the eye and say, Oh, I got fired. Yeah. yeah. Actually I was working, I was doing the best that I could. I went went in direction X and the firm felt they need to go in direction Y. And to be honest, I can't argue with that because Y uh-huh. seems to be going yeah, makes well. a lot of now, sense. I could make a case yeah. for X, but you know what? I wasn't in charge and, and my boss and I are uh, friendly and, and a professional uh, we're in a pro- professional we do we're professional associates and, and I absolutely understand why I did it and I'm excited and, and I've learned a valuable lesson about about me and where I need to go and, and where the best path for me is. And and I tell people that or some variation on that, uh-huh. and, and and until they get that, I find that they're struggling with the shame, the terrible shame. And I and uh, I often joke that that uh, once you get past the shame, and, and usually it happens the moment you tell a friend or an associate the first time I got fired, and they say it's okay, and they just wash it away. Well, it's, or and and most of them won't be honest enough to say, well, I I yeah, did too. Right. Some yeah. will, some won't. <laughs> I'll tell you one anecdote about that. Uh, when you're dealing with executive recruiters, high-level executive recruiters who fill the biggest jobs, right? Um, this is from my own experience uh, many years ago. Uh, I happened to go to a uh, celebration meeting at the Sky Club in New York where the prominent people in all of the major recruiting firms were getting together to have a drink and to celebrate the finding of a new head of the uh, trade association for For recruiters recruiters, Mm -hmm. called the AESC. And uh, there were some people who were around the table. There were other people who were lining the walls. Mm -hmm. And I'm against the wall. I've only been in the business a couple years. And I know that I'm standing next to a very prominent individual in the field. And um, and he apparently had heard about me. That surprised me. I wouldn't have thought that he knew much about me, but he did. In fact, I don't think there's any harm in, in saying who it was. It was a fellow named Lee Getz, who was a co-founder of Russ Reynolds Associates. 
I know the name. Yeah. We were celebrating the successful finding of this AESC president by Russ Reynolds Associates. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I'm standing there next to Lee, who was a co-founder with Russ of that firm. And he said, John, whatever got you into this business? I said, well, John, uh, the same, Lee, the same thing got me into it as everybody I know in this field. (laughs) And I said, I was fired from a job. I was out of work. And they asked me. And I said, and frankly, (laughs) I haven't met anybody else who's got this uh, high-level profile that's in the brochure mm-hmm. uh, and says, look, see what great jobs we had before we became right. <laughs> top retainer recruiters. Uh, I don't know anybody who wasn't fired of that group. Right. And he said, you know, John, you put your finger on an interesting point. He said, I've observed that and wondered about that over the years. I don't know any exceptions either. And so I said, you mean you and Russ? Oh, yeah, me and Russ. And he said, you mean Gard Heydrich and John Strobel? John, yes. Yes, exactly. And so we went through all the people we knew. We couldn't think of an exception. The only exception sometimes was, in those days, uh, heads of human resources who thought that sure. it was a more lucrative field right. to be in the in the top they recruiting. Al- they department. almost retired as VP of human right. resources from place senior, right. and, they, and, well, then, and well, or maybe yeah. they would give up a right. uh, um, HR job that paid X if they thought they'd make two and a two, half X, two X, five X, doing, yeah, 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 doing yes. the recruiting number. Right. But anyway, so over the years, then uh, I would occasionally be at a an industry association meeting or something. I'd see Lee Getz. We'd see each other from across the room, (laughs) and we'd begin walking toward each other. And either he or I would say, well, I haven't found any exceptions yet. Have you? No, I haven't. (laughs) We didn't say what the question was, and we shared that for a decade or two decades, um, and we didn't come up with exceptions. So anyway, understand this. So you're concerned about being fired, right? Sure. Yeah. Chances are this person who is um, a passing judgment on you has also right. They've been there as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let he who be without sin cast the first stone. Uh, I I'm amazed at, at the number of CEOs. Well, well, actually, I tell people in my in our business we should not be surprised too uh-huh. often, right? You begin to see everything after a while. I, I don't know if wisdom is just the positive side of cynicism, but but I I have found a lot of CEOs, and they say, look, part of the reason I am where I am today, Mark, is because I got fired because I learned that I was not my job. That liberated me a little bit uh-huh. from the fear that the thing that kept me in my narrow little box and I was okay with taking a risk because to grow a $400 million business to a billion dollar business is not without risk. It's going to take some boldness. It, certainly it takes day-to-day execution, but it also takes some bold mm-hmm. ideas. Sure. And if, if your goal is to not be fired, you're not going to grow the business. It's, right? Exactly. And, and, and I remember hearing that probably when I was 25, 28, 30 or so on and not really appreciating it. Uh-huh. I would hear it, but I, right. but I wasn't ready to, to really know it. And then by the time I was 35, 36, I said, okay, now I get it. They're all telling me the same thing. At some point, we, we have a joke that when one person tells you you have a green tail, they're an, <laughs> they're an idiot. Right. When two people tell you you have a green tail, it's a conspiracy. But when seven people tell you you have a green tail, you turn around and look. Right. Yes, right? You pay exactly. attention. Right. Maybe there's something to this thing. So, um, so, so, okay, you, you started out. The question I asked you was, there early young managers, uh, mm-hmm. guidance for them, and you said that your career is not, may not be as straight as you want it to be. No, it don't try to plan It almost never the, is. Yeah. It almost never is. And when you look at the, at the very successful people, they've come up on uh, different unpredictable routes completely. 
Um, there was a CEO of a major company in New York who began as a chorus boy. Um, <laughs> who would have thought? Right. You know, yeah. That uh, and uh, there are plenty of um, of chief information officers of major New, New York corporations who began as uh, instrumental players or. Um, pit conductors in Broadway orchestras. Is that right? A lot of the music and the math, I wonder. Yeah, if uh, well, yeah. No, it, it's... I, I wondered about that, but I think in computers, it, it's a matter of intervals and judging intervals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And a good friend of mine, ex-CIO, she went to Juilliard. That's how, yeah. yeah. So this is a very likely yeah. thing. Now, when they went to Juilliard, did Were they, they yeah. ever imagine they're going to be Right. Chief information officer of a major company, or maybe even the founder or the chief executive of a computer company or yeah. a software company right. or something. Right, never. Right. Never. 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 Yeah. Didn't want that. Right. If you had presented that scenario to them when they went to school and chose to go to Juilliard and become a fabulous cellist or whatever they became, you know. You know, it just, no, really. something just occurred to me, John. You said, of course, that it's amazing how many people at senior levels who had been fired or been laid off. Almost happy. everybody. Yeah, I want to say this. I wonder, I've never thought this before, so I could be way out of, way out of, on a limb here, but I wonder if we could ask all of our members out of the 25,000 members, 50,000 listeners every week, how many of them over the age of 40, let's just pick 40 as a good number, uh -huh. as someone yeah, you've sure. had at least 10 years sure. of experience, 15 years of experience, what percentage of them are still are at about the same level they thought they would be at in the industry that they started in and thought they would be in later? Hmm. And I want to say, it's I'm going to be bold and say 10% or less. And if you've got a few thousand people saying it, a less than 10% chance of where you thought you would be, then, then at some point, the young people ought to be gone, the young 25, 38 year old man goes, okay, I've got some plans, but let's be honest, what are the chances those plans are actually going to come to fruition? Right. And there's that little the yeah, curvy part it's, of the it's, career. Particularly it's, nowadays, yeah, right, compared right. to 40 years, 50 years ago. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, compared with 30 years or 35 years ago, when I first went to work for Hydric and Struggles in 1971, we had in our job descriptions uh, the requirements that were presented to us by our clients I want a young man between the ages <laughs> of 30 and 35. Now, would anybody ever say that now? No. And we've got, we've got today young people who are living with their parents. Yes, right. That's a still uh, Between 30 and 35. Yeah. So the population have aged a lot, and the... Um, the norms of society have, Changed. have moved right. with the demographics. Right, right. Uh, have to figure that. Yeah. Well, let, I want to finish with two final thoughts. I want I want to leave you with the last word, but I want to ask you a small favor first. We would like to buy twenty five copies of your books. I, I, twenty five copies of your book. Uh -huh. I want to. I, and what I want to ask you to do is a small favor. I'm going to send them to you with return postage. I, I would like you to inscribe them, and we're going to either give them away or sell them on the site. I, I can't imagine selling them. We're not going to sell. Them. Yeah. We're, we're going to figure out some way to give them away. We we would very much like to have some of our members have signed copies of your books. Would you be willing to do sure, that? Be, we'll buy be them and ship them to you. Yeah, no, be happy yeah, to do good, that. Good. We'll find a way to do it. And uh, Good. 
uh, if we know in advance what their name is, I'll write a little inscription Good. with their name. Good. Oh, John. Oh, even better. Kiss oh, your face. Even better. Okay, let me mention one other thing, and then I want yeah. to turn it over to you for any final thoughts you have for all of our listeners, and that is this. We haven't talked about your other book, Rights of pa- or, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, 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 insights, oh, Insights for the insights Journey. Insights journey. Nav- thri- navigating to Thrive and Joy and right. Prosper in Senior Management. And, and, it, and, you know, it's so funny because the <laughs> yeah. first book, I am holding my fingers three inches apart. Because <laughs> no, well, that's the first not book is a, no, not it's, that it's not that thick. Rights of Passages. No, it Way, it's, two pounds, it is, you know. it's not trivial, <laughs> yeah. but but Insights for the Journey is just a lovely little book. And the, the way I joke about it is Insights for the Journey is right next to Effective Executive on my bookshelf because I have extra copies of both. I bought 25 uh-huh. or so. In right. and, and, and uh, it, it's one of those slim volumes that that people get and go, gosh, it's, it's like Harvey Pinnock's Little Red Book, right, for golf. Yeah, it's, some people look have at said it. that. Yeah, they, yeah. It's, just, it's just beautiful. And, and, and the first chapter, I have to tell you, one of the 10 most important lessons I ever learned in my life in business and in career management came from the insights for the journey where in the very beginning you say fit in fit in yeah. fit in so and, important and, and not to throw everything from yes as my dad used to say from hell to breakfast yes exactly so i i would just i just wanted to mention that because people know will know you for the first book but the second book particularly for those who are 30 35 and are thinking what am i going to do with the rest of my career now's the time to get that book it, you can read it in an hour or two and yet I can't tell you hundreds of people I've said just, just read this, just read this book, and 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 everything in it I believe completely. And I just wanted to say thank you oh, for the book. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Last thought. Any last thoughts? Oh for well, uh, but while you're mentioning the books, the oh, we've got to talk about the website. Yes, the website. Yes, yeah. I mean. Believe it or not, a couple million dollars of my cash went <laughs> into, the, into the website. <laughs> yeah. So uh, naturally, I have a. Uh, uh, I I've lavished on it all of the love and attention and concern that I possibly could. And um, so we make it easily possible for the individual to become known to Mm -hmm. the uh, appropriate recruiters they'd like to become known to. We have a networking feature so they can network with the other Mm -hmm. members. Right. Uh, We have um, um, resume databases that they can put their resume in and be confident that nobody except uh, be reasonably confident. Nothing is for sure. Right. So, in fact, when you go to the website, you'll see a little disclaimer that says, uh, you know, things can go wrong. Don't think mm-hmm. they won't. That's to try to re- to um, protect the rest of my retirement. Because <laughs> there's always the possibility that somebody is going to have a resume or a job or something, and they're going to go to an interview at the Bates Motel. It could happen. Yeah, it could, yeah right. And if it did happen, it can't, it can't sink me forever. Right. Uh, I've got years and years and years to go. So anyway, the, but Right Side has so much in it, a lot of computerized stuff that's helpful to you. Um, it takes the labor out of things that you would otherwise do, and it stops you doing the unproductive things, yes. makes the hard things easy. And um, we have another feature that's um, very useful. Uh, and we talked we were, at the beginning. We we're talking about marketing, right? And knowing the market, right? Uh, I think perhaps the most recent thing that we added, and it's been now um, a year and a half or so. Uh, we have a feature called Reconnaissance, whereby we look all around the web and find jobs that are what you are looking for, and we mm. then deliver it to you on the schedule that you want. We say, we'll give it to you daily, 
weekly or hourly. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, the, it's not that we're trying to get you to apply for jobs on the Internet. That's not the point. The point is to find out the jobs that exist. Right. Because the fact that they appear on the Internet is kind of the tip of the iceberg that right. shows above the water. Right. Now, it's your problem after you find out and, you know, you in your morning email, you're going to find out that there is a job exactly uh, what you're looking for. Uh, and you're not going to know. Maybe you will recognize because you know your industry. Right. You'll recognize who it is or you recognize that. Well, it must be one of these three, or one of these four, or one of the five, whatever it is. So you can send a letter, not to the Human Resources Department, but to the potential decision-maker, who you will look up and figure out who that is, and then send send them a letter and say, could your marketing be more effective, or... Uh, right. Is your R and D? I might um, be somebody who can hey, help you with your goal in this area or that area, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Well, I like short, short one sentence on cover letters. I always like a one line, short one in a question. Uh, I was influenced years and years ago by uh, Ogilvy and Mather uh, when I was looking for a job. I was moving from J. Walter Thompson. I wanted to do something else, and uh, we talked about the fact that I had sort of won a contest at at J. Walter Thompson for having the best uh, outsider copywriting assignment that I had done. And I was bragging about that. And one of the things you had to do was to pick up a magazine and choose the six best print ads in the magazine and write the next in the series and then ignore that concept and make a completely different campaign and write six ads like that. Uh, It was a lot of work. And I was probably the last person willing to do that much work at J. Walter Thompson. But also, they kept the best assignment on top of the pile. And when the prize was was in, was retired, uh, mine was on top of the pile. People mm. told me that anyway. Uh, but the point is that um, I'm telling this to a guy at Ogilvy & Nather, a senior executive. I'm bragging about my achievement, right. bragging about my milestone, naturally. And he said, oh, he said, well, uh, I am I wonder if you really chose the best the best um, ad in the magazine. He said, you know, the best ad in the magazine, no matter what you chose. And I'm thinking I've got, you know, big full-page ads for cars and television yeah. sets and so forth, the cake mix or whatever it was. Um, he said, the best ads are way in the back of the book. The best ad is is uh, probably a little thing that's just a one-inch classified ad in the back of the magazine, and the headline says, Hemorrhoids? <laughs> <laughs> now, what, that brings me to the idea of the one, the very brief... The, the clear question. question uh, yeah. uh, do you need it? Do right. you need me? Do you need what I have? Because if, if it is, if in fact you are afflicted, then right. you want to read the next line. Exactly. Yes. Right. And they didn't have to pay for a whole page right if you happen to see it with that one word and of course those ads are similar to google ads too and people stay up nights yes oh gosh what, uh, well, how to get those yeah, words just right with a little short statement but anyway uh cover letters the the thing is the issue is what is the pain that you that you uh um, i can help you solve that right, i can make exactly. away for you yeah and brilliant. take it to the person 
who's a decision maker because if you use let's say our reconnaissance feature if you use it to find out the job exists in one place or in 40 places it doesn't matter send your letter off to the places where it surely is to the very person who surely has it not the hr don't reply you know push the button and send the email in that way and don't even say that you found out you know just let it be an accident right. of timing that you arrive in the right place, place at the, the right, right time. Stuff at right. the right time. So um, anyway, I, I hope everybody has uh, a very successful transition. There's a lot of uh, fun in it. A lot of things that you learn in transition that will benefit you when you're doing the work as well. That's great fun. I appreciate that you fellows had me on. John, it is. It is. It's been great fun, and it's been a great honor to finally meet somebody who, for the last twenty years, has been a hero of mine. I want you to know that, and the fact that you <laughs> offered to help my daughter just made my day right, today. For so, sure. thanks for being with us, and uh, we look forward to staying in touch with you in the future. And Terrific. the manager tools folks are benefiting from hearing you, and you're the first interview I've ever conducted. It means a lot to both of us. Great. Oh, uh, listen, when we talked about the website, it yeah. is R I T E S I T E. Right site. Right site comes dot, from rights of passage dot right, com. Dot com. And so um, uh, I would appreciate people taking a look at that. Absolutely. I think it'd be very helpful. Absolutely. Good. Good. Thanks, John. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, everyone. That concludes our interview with John Lucht. I hope you found it as useful and pleasant as Mark and I did. We'll see you all again next time. So long.